I invite you to open to uh, scripture text. It looks like it's on page three today. Um, I think I'm going to invite everyone to, to stand for the reading of God's word. This is from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 to 10. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see, or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor, and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat. And the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox." The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, kids, kids, come up to the front. Everyone can take a seat. Come take a seat up at the front. Hey, guys, how are you all doing today? It's so good to see you all. All right, guys. So I've asked you guys this question before, so, and I know some of your answers, but I want, I want to hear. I want to hear. Raise your hand. I, I'm only going to call on you if you raise your hand. Your, what's your favorite animal? Someone tell me your favorite animal. I think I, think I saw Addie and Riley. Okay, a cat, a cat. Not many other people in the, this room are going to have that answer. That's a good answer. Jack. Dogs, dogs. Okay, any non-domestic favorite animals? Uh, Norris. An anaconda. Now there's, that's a really good, that's a really non-domestic answer. They're really good. All right, I'm going to call on one more. One more. Hattie. Cats, too? Too? All right. Well, we got cat lovers today. I'm, I'm, I'm a cat lover myself. So, like, okay, I'll take one more. Annabelle, what about you? Horses. Yeah, horses, horses are really cool. Thanks, thanks, guys. So, I've got something here. I thought I would have enough for all of us. I don't have enough for everyone. So, we're going to have to kind of share and pass them around. But I've got a bunch of in this box. You hope there's a wolf? Well, I can't, I can't meet everyone's wishes, but I'm just going to give you guys random ones. And you guys don't get to keep these, so just pass, just, you know, pass them around, look at them. You guys can hold on to these during the lesson. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Livy. So as I'm handing them out, I'm, if you have a certain animal in your hand, I'm going to have to ask you to the front. Evan, can you help in... Uh, the kids back there. Thanks, bud. Can you give that one to Naomi? All right. If someone has a wolf, 
a wolf and a sheep. I want you to come to the front. A wolf and a sheep. All right. Like I said, like I said, guys, there's not going to be for everyone, but you can just pass them around and look at them. All right. Who has a wolf? Wolf and a sheep. Right, two of my catechism guys. All right, Evan and Titus. All right, now everyone look up. Look at the, the wolf and the sheep, okay? Their, their sizes aren't really proportional. But I want you kids to, to, to tell me, if a wolf and a sheep were next to each other, what would happen? All, all, all right, read. The wolf would eat the sheep. And even though Evan's doing a really good job making a big, big mean sheep, that's, yeah, that's probably what would happen. All right. Good job, good job, guys. You can sit down. Okay, how about does someone have a leopard, a leopard, and a goat? <gasps> All right, Riley, you got the leopard. Yeah, come on up. And a goat. Okay, Ella, come to the front. Come to the front. All right, no. Oh, oh can you guys can you guys make room for for uh, Riley to come around here? Okay, guys. So. Now we've got a different set of animals. I don't know if you guys are listening to the scripture passage, but these animals are all named in the scripture passage. So Riley's got a leopard, and Ella's got a goat. What would happen if these two were in the same place? Yeah, Eloise, you're doing it first. The leopard would kill the goat. We're starting to build a theme here. Yeah, that's right. All right, good job. You ladies can sit down. All right, well, gonna do, we're going to do one more. Does someone have a, a, a lion? And a cow. A cow. All right, Maisie and... Okay, up. Uh, Reed, you can come up too. Yeah, that counts. That's, that, that's technically a cow, yeah? All right. All right, yeah, come, come up here. Come up here, Mila. You got the lion. Come stand up here. Okay, so if Mila's lion was in the same place as these cows, this bull could probably put up a good fight. But what would happen with the, if the, with the lion and the cow? Levi. The lion, the, the lion would eat the cow. All right. Good. All right. Good job, guys. You guys are getting this. All right. Take a seat. Take a seat. Yes. Reed's bowl is putting up a great fight. So, guys, in the in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, um, the it's all, a lot of it's about the nation of Israel. And thinking about like the different kind of animals you guys have in your hands, what kind of animal do you think Israel would be like? is kind of like in these. It's, there's, I don't think it's there, but what do you, yeah, uh, MJ. An elephant? It, an elephant? It's a, good, it's a really good guess. Um, it, so Israel is a small, does anyone have like small animals? Does anyone have small animals here? Uh, you got a raccoon. So, okay, okay, some of you guys are raising your hands with, all right, yeah, Evan. A baby slug? That is pretty small. Yeah. So Israel is, Israel, like if you guys can see some of like the, the, Israel is like a small, weak kind of, kind of animal, okay? But the thing is, in all of the, in the Old Testament, all of the nations, the big nations that are around Israel, they're often described as being big, mean animals. Like Assyria is a big nation and it's often described, like lions are, are the way that Assyria is described. And there are wolves and bears, and there are all these big nations around small, little, weak Israel. And this passage that we just read about today 
is about how the, the big, strong, scary things are going to be lying down in peace next to all the things that are supposed to be killing them. Right? So just like Israel is at threat, the small, weak animal erupt from the nations around it, all the things that are scary around Israel, those things will eventually be made safe and made gentle. So I want to ask you guys this. In thinking about the, the, the small animals who are looking at the big animals, they're probably pretty scared, right? They would be scared. So I want to ask you guys, what are some, what are some things that make you feel, feel scared? Evan, you got your hand up first. Clowns. That's, uh, yeah. Uh, Georgia. Same as Evan, clowns. Okay. <laughs> clowns and cats. Um, uh, Addie. A lion. A lion scary. Yeah. Uh, Jem. What? Heights. Yeah, heights. All right, I'm going to take one more. Fletcher. Bears. Yeah. Do you want me to tell you guys something that I'm, I'm, afraid, something I'm afraid of? I'm, a, I'm, I'm afraid of dying. <laughs> you guys laugh. Uh, that's funny. It's like, we're afraid of clowns. Mr. Stevens is afraid of dying. I'm, a, I'm, afraid, I'm, afraid of, <laughs> I'm afraid of dying myself. I'm afraid of people I love dying. These are, so, those are, so heights, clowns, <laughs> bears, especially like when we're out in the woods, it's scary. All these things are things that we're scared of. What this passage is saying, it's saying that a king is coming, a king is coming who will make gentle, hey guys, look at me, look at me. A king is coming who will make gentle the things that we're scared of. And we won't have to be scared of those things anymore. Whether you're scared of things like me, like death, or you're scared of things like clowns. The Israel, the Isaiah is saying that there's a coming king who's going to do that for us. Who, who do you guys think this coming king is? This coming king who's going to make things safe. James. God. God. Yes, God. God, specify that for me. Kaylin. Jesus. Jesus is the coming king. So I don't know if you guys saw this line where all the animals were described in our scripture passage. Talk about there are going to be wolf, a wolf and lamb are eating together, and a, a cow and a lion are eating together. And it has this little line about it. it says, A child will lead them. A child will lead them. Yeah, Graham. Oh, you do? I would love to hear it afterwards. But that's not, yeah, there are, more, there are lots of other good examples you could use. Okay. A child will lead them. Remember that Jesus came to us as a child. Jesus is the king who comes as a child, the king who will come back again one day and make gentle the things that we're scared of. And Jesus, yeah, Jesus came as a child, guys. How, how old are you? Someone, someone, few people tell me how old you are. Jack. Jack's, okay, you're, you're seven. Do you know Jesus was once seven years old? Jesus was once seven years old. Maisie. Five. Jesus was once five years old. Darcy. Three. Do you know Jesus was once three years old? A child will lead them. One, okay, I'll hear one more. Charlie. Charlie's nine. Nine. Jesus was once nine and three quarters. That's like the Harry Potter number. 
Nine and one quarter. Okay, never mind. Not the Harry Potter number. Jesus was once nine and one quarter years old. Nine and three quarters. Jesus will come one day, guys. He was a child who came, and he's the king who's going to come again. And he's going to make the earth such a way that the scary things will be friendly. The scary things won't be over us and scary anymore. Okay? All right, guys. You guys did so great. Anything that we need to pray for? Yeah, Graham. Let's pray that, you know what? Let's, let's pray for that. Let's pray that God would come soon. All right, let's pray. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we, I thank you for these, these kids. We thank you for Jesus, uh, the, come, the king who came as a child, and the king who will come back. Like Graham said, we pray that Jesus, we pray that you would come back soon and that the things that scare us would be made gentle and that the things that are would would be lifted up. In Jesus' name, in Jesus pray. Amen. When you think about... When you want to determine what justice is, if you're to start to define justice, even visualize what it looks like for in the wider society, where do you start? What's your starting point you think about? Justice. Lots of people throughout history have started in different places. will think like, ah, what was the original state of man? Maybe you know, that's the just thing we need to go towards. Or we, let's all hide behind like a veil of, of ignorance, like uh, pretending like we weren't, we weren't or people in this society, like what if we took all that away and we stripped it away and we're just thinking about what's equitable and fair for all that? What's justice then? Like think about as rationally as possible. Maybe when you try to determine what justice is, you think to your experience and your feelings, things you've experienced as you've been out in the world. Or maybe when you think about justice, history, if not what you've experienced, maybe the experience of throughout history, particularly the people, the people who have been oppressed. Maybe when you try to think about what justice is, you want to start with great books and, the, and traditions that have been handed down to us. All these are fine, fine, fine sources to have in this conversation about what justice is. But ultimately, um, for those of us who are in Christ, the starting point for thinking about what justice is, is a person. And that's G Jesus, our Lord. Jesus is the just king, our standard of justice. Justice, he's the, the just one, embodied, enfleshed, who came to us. Jesus is the just king. So I've got two quick points for everyone today. First off is that Jesus is a just king, the just king. And second off, that he's coming soon. So first off, Jesus is just king, looking at this passage and the other New Testament authors, they cite and they quote the Isaiah far more than anything else in the Old Testament. The second second by a bit, but after that, it's not even close. Uh, Jesus looks to the prophet, the, the words of the prophet Isaiah as very much like who he is and his mission. And at one point, uh, he actually quotes Isaiah, uh, reading from, uh, reading, it's a scroll from Isaiah, not this chapter of Isaiah, but other chapters. And everyone, he says, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, as if to say, this is me. Jesus looked a lot back at, particularly the prophet Isaiah, for, just, for explaining who he was, who he is. And if you look at this passage with me, you'll see that a king is described that see, looks a lot like Jesus. Okay? So let's, let's begin looking like around verse 2. There are all these, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. 
What happened at Jesus' baptism? Spirit descended upon him. Spirit of wisdom and understanding. Spirit of and might. Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. These things, they've described Israel's kings at times in the past. The, the first time we meet the King David and the last time we hear from King David, his last word. In both those times we hear uh, that God's spirit rests upon him. Um, but we know that, that, that David failed in ways that Jesus did not. Jesus was far more than David did. Jesus alone delighted perfectly in God's law. Remember, David was the king who wrote about delighting in God's law. Jesus was the one who extended mercy to the poor and the meek and uplifted them in his earthly ministry. Truly, looking at verse, verse 5, righteousness is the belt of his waist, the belt of his loins. That, that image is that, like your belt, it's, it's, it's an image that shows like what's closest to the person. What's most central to who he is is his righteousness. This passage is describing Jesus hundreds and hundreds of years before he was born. Jesus is just, in it, this passage describes his righteousness, but in the Old Testament, righteousness and justice are basically synonyms. They, they're paired together. For us, it, we tend to think about how righteousness is the personal way that we behave, like our moral character, and justice, social fairness or equity for all, whatever it may be. There's usually an individual societal wide lens. For, in the Old Testament, these two are just, they're practically synonyms. Rolled together, right standing, like fear of the Lord and social flow hand in hand. Jesus is, is just, his right, he's righteous, he he's brings justice. And Jesus is a king. Uh, the, as I've already begun to hint out, the, the, these descriptions here, verse 1 with me, this is a, a really dominant image in this chapter. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. Earlier in Isaiah, and we get a prophet really, he, he prophesies that Israel is going to be cut down. Uh, the line of David has, has failed. We see that in, in just a few chapters with uh, his interaction with King Ahaz. And uh, the, he prophesies that the line of David is doomed. It's like a tree that's going to be chopped down. And it'll be just that the tree is chopped down. And yet, from that stump, from the line of David and his father Jesse, Isaiah prophesies that a shoot, a, a, a flower, a, some fruit will come out from that stump. Jesus is the surprising shoot that comes from the stump of Jesse. He will be the new king who will walk as the kings were supposed to walk, yet failed. So again, Jesus is the just king. And second off, Jesus coming soon. In Jesus' kingdom, you, begin, you see this in this passage about what happens with the, how his breath will, will lay low the wicked. In Jesus' just kingdom, the evil and the strong are humbled. They will be humbled when he returns. And the weak and small have been uplifted. We see that in his earthly ministry. And that will ultimately, ultimately be true fully when he comes back. Jesus says things like this. He says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. This king is coming soon. And hearing about this coming kingdom, this is really good news. If. This is really good news. 
if you realize that you're small, sinful, and weak, as I would think about that, the exercise I just did with the kids, if you realize that you're at core, you're, you're not a, a lion or a leopard, but you're a, you're a cub, you're a calf. It's really good news that this king is coming to uplift the weak. It's really good news if you, like children, know that there are things in this world that are scary and you need protection. It's really good news if you're so stuck in darkness and suffering and chaos that you can barely even see straight. Because this king is coming and he's going to make things right. He'll bring justice. It means that the good things that you do in Jesus' name actually matter. And that those things will actually be uplifted and will endure throughout eternity. And on the complete other hand, the wicked and the evil, the things that seem like they just won't go away in this world, when Jesus comes and makes this world new, those things will be blown away with the wind. It will just seem ephemeral in comparison to the things that are done in Jesus' name. This kingdom is coming soon. So I want to end by just by charging you all to live. Look at live now. Live over this holiday season. Looking to God's promised future. In this passage, Isaiah calls Israel, weak, surrounded Israel, surrounded by Assyria and Babylon and Egypt, to live not based on those plain circumstances in front of them, but to look towards the future coming of this just king. What future do you look towards? What future do you look towards to comfort you to get through the day? I think we all, we all have things that we go to to just cope with the, hard, the hardness of each day. It could be like, to who or to whom do you look? What person? Fill in this blank for me. When blank happens, when blank finally happens, everything will be fine. What do you look to? So the vacation, I find myself doing that a lot this time of year. Towards like when I finally get on that vacation, I can just finally rest. Towards, it could be something as small as just the beer at the end of the day. Maybe you're, you're single. When I, when I get married, everything will be fine. When X group of people is exposed and there's vengeance, everything will be fine. Whatever it may be. What's yours? When these things happen, if that future comes, it will not be enough. And those of you who've been on vacation, like you've been on vacation or had the beer at the end of the day, <laughs> or, you've got, or those of you who got married, it's just, you just know that's true. You wake up the next morning and there's still injustice, there's still evil, and, there's still, and our souls are still restless. So instead, I would invite you today to live trusting that Jesus is coming tomorrow, trusting in that coming future. So what does that mean for us? We have parents and kids in here today. So parents, I think if you live that way, looking to Jesus' return and him uplifting the things that have been done in his name, I think it means that we should love our kids like Jesus actually sees the good we're doing. Like Jesus actually sees our, our tireless, thankless work that we do day in and day out, changing diapers, doing bedtimes, helping with homework. We should live confident that those things one day will like endure into eternity. 
What about kids? What does this mean for kids here? I think if Jesus is coming back tomorrow and we're thinking about that and we're living out of that, it means that we should honor our parents, that we should share things with our siblings, even though that's like, guys, that's so hard to do. It's so hard to share things with your brothers or sisters because we know that Jesus, the coming king, Jesus is going to come and he's going to take care of us so we can be generous with what we have and we can, can love our parents. Jesus, is, you know, like God's our father. He'll take care of us. Jesus is coming. We can honor our parents because he tells us to. What does this mean for those of you who are in darkness? Those of you this morning who are in this, this time of year, this time of year, is just, it's, it's, it's literally dark. And, I've, and it's also a figuratively, like a figuratively dark time of year where we're just going. It's a time of a lot of suffering and hardship and depression in our culture. To those of you who are in darkness, suffering, facing death in some way, death of a loved one, remembering those whom you've lost this holiday season. Those of you who just feel unable to breathe because of how you're, you're stuck in the circumstances around you. The light of the world will come. Death will be no more. Injustice, including the injustices, the things that have been done to you, these, these things will end Every tear, including yours, will be wiped from every eye. Breathe that hope into your weary lungs this morning. The king is coming. The light of the world is coming. The earth will, the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord like the waters cover the sea. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.